and welcome into the Nick State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo here with Chip Murphy. And we've had some time since our last episode. You know, they're coming off that the West Coast trip. Uh, now they've just done their back-to-back games or not in consecutive days, but the, the Chicago games on, on Monday and then completed the second game yesterday and got the win. And, you know, there's – it kind of made me think back, Chip, a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about, you know, the Knicks losing six straight games, right? Uh, it was me and Danny on that show, and we talked about not panicking. You know, the team's off to a better start than anybody anticipated. Um, you know, and we also talked about the injuries of key guys that were out and, and missing time. And when those guys get back, we should have more offensive production. So these guys are back now, right? We have, we have Alex Burke back on the floor. Austin Rivers, again, missed some games. He's back on the floor. Um, it, it, and we basically got everybody back that's ready to, to uh, you know, play. Uh, I don't – I think – is Frank Nielakina, Chip, do you know, is he – is he eligible to play if, if he wants to, or have they just been holding? He's him eligible to play. Okay. He's just right. out of the rotation. That's what I was thinking yeah. about. So basically the whole team is back in function. And, you know, we have lost five out of our last seven games. And for me, it's again, not anything to panic about because, you know, again, we, we're losing some games in the stretch. Now, that West Coast trip was a little disappointing, right? Like, we started off with the win against Golden State. I understand it's a West Coast trip, and it's a back-to-back where you turn around and play Sacramento. I really thought that loss hurt. You know, it's a winnable game against Portland, but, you know, they have the best player on the floor in Damian Lillard, and he scored 39 points. You can see if you lose that game. And then Utah's been the hottest team in the NBA right now. So I think the more disappointing aspect of that was the Sacramento series. But point is, we're still losing to some teams that we're probably going to lose to. You know, I thought Sunday before they go to Chicago, they play the Clippers. And quite frankly, I think that was a game that it wasn't like, yeah, I don't like to lose. I hate losing. It's frustrating when we're losing. But they played so hard. They just lost to a more superior team. And then Monday, they have to travel. They look flat. They look to step slow all night and still had an opportunity to win the game. But in that Chicago game and through this latest stretch, it brings me to what our topic is today of what is it with this team? How can they get themselves going again? How can they make it take it to another level? Because early on this year, we're wondering things like, is this defense going to be sustainable? Are the Knicks going to be one of the top defenses in the league? And at this point for me, Chip, I feel like this is not a fluke. I feel like this is this is real. Like They are really capable of playing defense like this night in and night out. I know that first game on Monday against Chicago, they were atrocious defensively. They had breakdowns. They had wide-open dunks, layups. I, I tweeted about it, kidding around, that Tibbs should make the run of suicide for every uncontested layup and dunk right after the game to make sure it never happens again because it just seemed like every other possession one opened up. But 
for the most part, they are they're playing really good defensively. And the problem that I have noticed with this team is simply, you know, we know at times they struggle to score, but the, the problem is we don't have consistent three-point shooters. We don't have that guy that's really kind of when, when Barrett has the ball or really Randall right now. Randall's like, we're seeing him get double teamed. We're seeing him get triple teamed. And he's making the, the right passes, but he's passing the guys that can't hit the shot. We, ha- we have Alfred Payton, who whoever is guarding Payton is coming off of, off of him and double teaming Randall. I, I see it five, six, seven times a game. And Randall's making the right pass. The problem is he's, he's throwing it out there to Payton. And we all know he ain't making the damn three-pointer. I mean, if he takes five threes, he might make one. I mean, that's, that's, that's the rate that he's shooting at, you know? Um, Or if it's Barrett's guy, Barrett is, and Barrett's playing really well. I'm not, I'm not trying to knock him. I'm not trying. You got some stupid fans that sit there and say, oh, he's a bust. And they're still arguing if he's a bust or not. Yeah. You know, just, you can't do anything with people like that, but you just can't. And that is not what I'm saying here, but the reality is his three point shots still not there yet. So when he's getting that three-point look like he got a couple of times in the Chicago game on Monday down the stretch when we were trailing and had some opportunities to either take the lead or tie the game, Barrett was unable to hit the shot. We're surrounded with guys right now and, and a few guys that are supposed to be shot makers. Austin Rivers is a, is a shot maker. Really the only game recently in that theory. He, yeah, well, it was in theory. The only shots that I've seen him hit was in Utah in the first half. That, that was it. Like, you know, he's not consistent. Bullock is not consistent. You know, these are the guys. And Burks. Burks has not been. And I, I maybe can understand that a little bit more. He's working himself back from the injury. But right around now, I want to see him start shooting the ball a little bit more consistently. That's what he was brought in to do. And it's just not happening. We, and that's the glaring problem. That's why teams are going zone on us. The right play is being made. Randall making the right play. Barrett has made the right play. These plays are being made. It's just guys are not consistently knocking down these three-point looks right now. And for me, I look at it as a couple weeks ago, Chip, we were talking about, is it crazy to think that this team could actually be competing for a playoff spot? And the answer is obviously no, because it's not just the eighth seed anymore, right? You got nine and 10 that will play in the playing games that have an opportunity to make the playoffs, which, you know, it's expanded. So, it is a real possibility that the Knicks can make the playoffs. I'm not, I'm at the point where I'm sitting here going, you know, this is real. I think we'll, we'll be in the mix of some things, but for us to make a, a playoff run, we got to address the shooting issue. We need to either guys are going to have to step up and start hitting shots consistently, or do we look elsewhere? And that's kind of my thoughts on on this recent stretch. As I mentioned, we lost five of the last seven games. I know we just came off the win against Chicago. But if we're going to take that next step forward, I think, you know, we we need to start finding guys that can be around Randall, around Barrett, that are going to hit that shot. And before we kind of go into some of the other things here, Chip, I wanted to get your take on it to see, you know, do you agree with what I'm saying um, that you feel – could push the Knicks into a playoff team and, and take them to another level if they start hitting these shots because they are a very solid defensive team. It's just about being consistent and hitting those three-point shots because right now we're getting twos. Other teams still are getting threes. 
So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, and absolutely, I agree. And they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, again, and one of the worst offensive teams in the league. And the answer to that, and I'm not sure it answers all of the problems, but it would help a lot, is putting Emmanuel quickly into the starting lineup. You know, he's second on the team in three-pointers made behind Randall, which, and he's seventh on the team in minutes played, total minutes played which I think it says a lot that a guy who's seventh on the team in minutes played is second on the team in three-point right. mix. <laughs> that right. says a lot about the team. They just, like you were saying, yeah, they don't have a lot of guys who can shoot. Um, Reggie Bullock is fourth uh, on the team in three-pointers made. He's played 100 more minutes than Emmanuel quickly, so he's just not shooting the ball well. Uh, 34%. Uh, Emmanuel quickly shooting it at 37%. You got to get Emmanuel quickly more minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about replacing uh, Alfred Payton with Emmanuel quickly. We know Alfred Payton can't shoot. Yeah. You know, Emmanuel quickly shooting 37% on 4.4 attempts. Alfred Payton is the worst shooter on the team. He's 25% on 1.9 attempts. Yeah. You know, it's obvious he can't shoot. He's 1144. We're recording this uh, Thursday, February 4th. He's... It's a, a, law, a proven track record that Alfred Payton cannot shoot the basketball. He never has oh. been able to. He's career 28%. Uh, it's obvious he's not going teaming. to be able. Yeah, it's obvious he's not going to be able to stretch the floor. Teams have started to show respect to Emmanuel quickly. You know, the Clippers put Kawhi Leonard on him yes. the other day, and Alfred Payton's never going to command that kind of respect. So it just makes sense when you're getting dug into these holes in the first quarter, moving quickly is he's the only solution to that problem on the roster right now. You know, and before I jump into the fix of this or or what, what needs to be done in order to approve this, you just brought up a good point about, you know, talking about quickly and they haven't, they, they had so much respect for this rookie that they put Kawhi Leonard on him right in the game which is just think about that i mean that that's that's huge um but i i can't help but think about though and i I, again i know moral victories nobody gives a crap about them but at the same time as i was talking about that loss earlier i felt like they played their hearts out they played hard they fought they just lost to a a more superior uh, an actual contender to win the championship caliber team after the game how many compliments we heard from like the Clippers, like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Lou Williams, these guys were all raving, not just about quickly, but about the Nick team in general. Like, man, those guys, they were all saying, man, they play hard. When's the last time we heard that, right? Like when these like superior teams are actually coming in going, we actually got to play against the Knicks or they'll beat us. You know, that I don't, I don't know six, seven years ago, that, that was a talk because usually you see the Knicks, you go, that's a win. You know, you, you yeah. don't even need – I mean, shoot, these are games that superstars can take the nights off if they want. And, and well, they would still win the game, you know. They hear a, a NBA final caliber team talk about the Knicks like that. I know we lost the game, but I know we were five of the last seven. I get that. But I think that's evidence right there that things are trending up when you got some of these superior teams actually recognizing that, yeah, they better come ready to play against the Knicks because they're going to compete. I, I just wanted your thoughts on that, Chip. Yeah, you don't hear compliments from great players about the Knicks very much, mm-hmm. especially recently. 
I mean, yep. you, you, you don't hear guys come into Madison Square Garden and talk about anything but how great it is to play in the Mecca of Madison Square Garden and the, the aura of the Mecca of basketball. And that's usually what you hear. That's all you hear. And before that, you know, they praise Carmelo Anthony and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's been a long time since anyone said anything like that. Yeah, talk, you know, talking in particular about the things Emmanuel quickly has done. You know, it was it was really, I think, kind of important to hear proven players say stuff like that. And right. then for Lou Williams to acknowledge Emmanuel quickly during the game and the same thing with Damian Lillard during that Blazers game. It was really cool to see for quickly. Yep. And it it I mean, hopefully it uh made it's I'm not sure Tibbs noticed that or anybody in the organization noticed that, but you would think if these players all, all, all are noticing how good quickly clearly is that the organization would notice that. Right. And that's, it just feels, again, I know like any, anytime I hear like a more victory and we're losing, I'm just like, I don't care. But again, as pessimistic as I can be, and I've been accused of being, with the Knicks in the past. No, I'm just as pessimistic as you. I don't, so. I, I don't think that's, and we talk about this. I don't think it's a fair world. I think we're realistic. I mean, we, we know, yeah, that. you know, but for the first time, I think since we have done this podcast together, it's just, again, and we've talked about this several times. It's not, we've got ways to go, but you can actually see this heading in the right direction for the first time. And that, that just right off the bat, that, that is a really great thing and really makes you know, covering this team and watching these games exciting once again, because we haven't had that in quite some time. Um, but as we move back to this main issue right here, we're, you know, we're talking about simply just not being able to hit these shots. Guys that are getting good looks are wide open looks. Teams are, are leaving their man to double team Randall, get the ball out of his hands. And he's making the right play. He's making these smart passes on the money. Guys are just not hitting these shots. So for me, I think that these, this is what these guys are. They're, they're capable of hitting some three-pointers now and then and going through stretches where they can, they can shoot towards that 40% mark. But you're also going to have some stretches. And I, I understand this is really the case with any shooter, but it seems like these guys are not the most consistent threats to hit three-point looks. And that's where I start to think maybe we got to look elsewhere and move on and from some of these guys and bring in some guys that are proven to be consistent three-pointers. Again, yes, you are going to have stretches where you, every shooter goes through a little bit of a drought here and there type thing, but they're proven to be very consistent. Those don't last very long, and they can hit those big shots for you. I think finding guys like that to build around what the Knicks have right now and I'm saying even this year, like usually we talk about it. What's the point of being the A seed? You're going to get eliminated the first game. I think there the is a point round. to being yeah. the eight seed. Yeah. You know, but it's, it feels like this team is starting to build around, you know, the right guys for the first time in a long time. And I'm, I will, I kind of want to make some of these moves to take that next step to see if we can get a shooter that if you leave, that guy to double team Randall, he makes that pass. He hits that three, or if we're coming down and transition, you know, a couple of times that Barrett had who couldn't hit that three, if that's somebody else in that, but it's not saying that we take Barrett off the floor. I'm just saying another shooter or something that might have that look would be able to consistently hit that. I'm, I'm looking to make some moves 
not to sell, right? Beginning of this year, before we started, we're talking about what point we're going to sell. I don't want to sell. I, I want to buy it smartly though, smartly buy. Well, that's the JJ Reddit question then. That's the question. And that, those are the guys that we're going to talk about here. Mm-hmm. What are these realistic possibilities? What can work for the next? Who are some of these guys, Chip, that you think, you know, even, even if it's not realistic guys that are mentioned and what will it take to bring these guys here? And is it worth bringing a guy like whoever you're about to mention in? Who are some of those guys that come to your mind? JJ for sure is worth yeah. it depending on the price. And I think his stock is a lo- low, as low as it has ever been, mm-hmm. you know, because he's playing bad. He's shooting 30% from three, 34% overall. He's shooting it the worst he ever has in his career. And we know he's way better than the shooter he is right now, but right. he's been, ke- he's been getting some DNPs from Sam Van Gundy, his old coach. And he's averaging uh, low minutes, 20 minutes a game, only eight points. You know, he's he's a better shooter, obviously, like I said, than the 30%. And uh, it depends on the price, of course, but he's, you know, he's he's older. He's 36, almost uh, 37 in June. Right. So, and his contract is expiring. So I feel like you're, you're not going to have to give up much right. to get him. And, of course, depends on the price. And it, from everything you read, it sounds like New Orleans is going to be a seller. They got Reddick out there. They got Lonzo out there, possibly Bledsoe, which I don't get at all yet why they would be a seller, but that's another podcast. But yeah, I just feel like it's obviously worth exploring because like we've been saying, they need shooting. And if you can buy low on a guy, an all time great shooter in JJ Reddick, you got to explore it. And the Knicks have a ton of picks. You might be able to get JJ for a second and maybe even a Dennis Smith Jr. If they're thinking about trading Lonzo, they may want another point guard on the roster. I don't know. They, It's it's worth exploring for sure. JJ. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that that is the name that's coming up. And I know there's going to be other shooters, right? You know, you already heard that Philadelphia is kind of in the mix for them. Yeah, uh, there, he'll probably other... end up there. Exactly. You know, that's <laughs> back that... with them. Yeah, at thirty six and Doc, old, right? And you know, got the connection with Doc, and he's close exactly. with Embiid. And... At thirty six years old, you're at the point where you want to go to the, the best opportunity to win a championship. You know, is are the seventy sixers the best team to go to? Well, they have a shot. They have a realistic shot. So it, it's. I don't know. I just know the Knicks are on the list, uh, at least what the sources are saying, but. If those other teams want him, they'll get him. I, I think that's where he wants to go more. Now, as you just said, though, it, it is absolutely worth exploring for him. I know he's 36 years old, and people are saying, well, why the heck do you want to trade for a 36-year-old? Well, we need that need now. It, he may not be shooting his best, but I, it's, not a, it's not that big of a deal or a concern to me. I, I just think he needs a little bit more consistent playing time to get out there. You know, it's it's hard for shooters to be in the rotation one minute, the next minute you're getting the DMP. You know, to be like, I think that that affects it. And if well. he stinks, then his contract is expiring, exactly. so you stick him at the end of the bench. Exactly. So it, it's it's one of those things where why not? Right. Mm-hmm. We have some of these guys that aren't hitting the shots anyway. Yeah. So I rather bring in a guy who's known for being a consistent three point shooter. That's and Reggie Bullock is three. not known as yes. a consistent three point no. shooter. No, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's out there. People wonder why Bullock is out there. Well, 
again, the best way to put it is he does he does just well, enough. To he's kind out of there ball. because Tibbs and, doesn't trust Frank. Obviously. Yes, and, and you know he does provide some solid defense, but yeah, it, it's not you're not going to get forty three percent from Malak ever. Like you're just not. Mm-hmm. You know he can hover around that forty percent mark. Some years he might be better than others. You know, but he's not a consistent three point guy. JJ Redick is. At 36 years old, I understand that, but Jip, you hit the, the, the nail on the head. He's expiring. Why not take a chance on him? If it fails, it fails. You're not giving up your kitchen sink for him. You, you're going to have to give up something, but that something isn't going to devastate you if it doesn't quite work out, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to at least get on the phone and start talking. What do you want? You want a second round or you want... You know, if we could trade Dennis Smith Jr., which I know that's what everybody says, but the problem yeah. is he sucks so bad. I don't. You probably need to give up him. more than him, like exactly, a Knox or a know. Frank, and, and I don't want to trade Frank. I don't want to trade Frank. I, I, it's for that. For for JJ Redick, even I will say I don't know if I would include Frank in that either because I, I again I'm loving the defense aspect of, and I thought mm-hmm. I thought he played pretty well. Now, am I? Everybody knows I'm not a big Frank guy. If they end up trading him in some other kind of deal, I'll be fine with it. I'm not going to lose any sleep. But I do agree with you here that I wouldn't trade him in this. Um, I would look for a second because it, 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 they want to get rid of him, right? As you said, his stock is low. Uh, it's You're not going to have to give up a lot. And I think Frank is a little much with a pick to get J.J. Redick in. I, I just wouldn't do that either. Kevin Knox, I think, might be a little too much as well. If I'm being honest, uh, you know, he played well enough earlier in the year. He started struggling and now hasn't touched the floor in the last couple of games. Um, I think he played like eight minutes in the Clipper game, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, I just feel like we're looking at the Pelicans and they're handling this so terribly with mm-hmm. selling on JJ and selling on Lonzo. They're yeah. selling super low. Yeah. The time to trade Lonzo would have been last year when he was playing the yes. best ball of his career. And, 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 and now yeah, you're trading him right. and the Knicks would be doing the same thing. They'd be selling super low on Knox and super low on Frank because exactly. they were just benched. Exactly. So it'd be a terrible time to trade him. Now people are going to say, "Well, if you need this need, do you have to get it done?" It, it, it's a tricky thing, and and me personally wouldn't make that make that that move. I, I especially for Frank right now. I don't think Frank played awful with the minutes that he got very early on in the year at the injury set him back and kind of, you know, quickly has emerged and people have forgotten about Frank and I get it, you know, quickly needs to be out there and probably needs to be out there more. You know, I, we, we both know that, but I, I, I just don't think Frank played awful. And this is for somebody who's not that crazy about him already that I was actually liking what I was seeing. He was doing exactly what I need him to do. He wasn't lighting up the scoreboard or anything like that. We know he's not going to do that, but just hit that shot, play defense. And he was doing that for the the few games that he got out there. It's other packages for the JJ sweepstakes. I, I wouldn't. I'm right there with you. But let's take a look at some of these other realistic options. You know, who are some of these other guys? You know, you hear Zach Levine. Uh, if the Bulls are looking to move on, which quite frankly, right now, I, I don't think the Bulls would. Um, because again, it, I mean, unless if they look at it as there's no point of trying to make even the play in because I mean, we're being that limbo or it doesn't really do anything for us. Um, and it looks like the Bulls are going through 
you know, and obviously they've been rebuilding for a while, but it looks like, you know, they can lose marketing. They can lose, um, you know, Zach Levine has been mentioned in trades. And when you got a guy like Levine that can bring in a package, yeah. you, you eventually he's going to get traded. Right. It feels like he's been mentioned in trade rumors for so long. Now Levine chip to me, I think is a guy that is going to require a pretty decent package other than, you know, really the, the best assets I think the Knicks have for a Levine kind of trade, unless if they're just desperate to get rid of them, it is more so about their picks that they have, you know, their future picks than guys like, are the Bulls really going to want Frank? Are the Bulls going to want Kevin? No. That's what I mean. Like those guys are not going to sweeten that deal for not for Zach, Zach Levine. Levine, right? Not for Zach Levine, who's uh, almost twenty six, who's averaging twenty six and a half points, five rebounds, uh, five point three rebounds, five point two assists on fifty percent shooting, forty percent from three, and almost ninety percent from the. He's almost a fifty forty ninety guy. Clyde was talking about that when they played the Bulls these last two games. Levine's playing awesome. He's all, maybe an all-star, I don't at least borderline right. all-star this year. There's no way the Knicks are getting him for uh Frank and or Kevin Knox. Right. And I honestly I, I'm not sure I'd do that. If I trade both those guys for Levine as much as I like Levine. Right. I think you bring him in and what are you doing? You're uh taking the ball out of RJ and Julius's hands. So I don't know if he makes total sense playing with RJ and, you know, you watched him these last two games, the bulls run a lot of plays for him coming off screens. They run a lot of pick and rolls for him and he just fires a lot of threes coming off screens and right. fires away. You know, he averages eight, three pointers a, t- a game. And I, I don't know if that, I don't know if that works with us, but uh, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to trade for him. Like uh, a lot of Knicks fans would lose their shit over it. But uh, especially if we did something like if Frank Nielakina was traded for Zach Levine, it would be world worth goddamn three on Knicks Twitter. But yeah, I, I don't think it's realistic either because if you're the bulls and you trade a borderline all-star, like I just read his numbers off, you can't trade him for anything less than two, maybe even three legit, players and the Knicks just shouldn't be willing to give that up. They shouldn't be willing to give up a guy like um, the bulls should be looking for uh Mitchell Robinson. If I was the bulls, that's what I'd want. I want Mitchell right. Robinson and the Knicks shouldn't do that. Right. So. And, and that's the thing, like when it gets into, and everybody sees like these stars and going, Oh gosh, we got to add this. We got to make this aggressive move. You know, Bradley Beal wants out. We got to make this aggressive move to do, we don't have the depth right like we talked about the the guys that would acquire that kind of pick we can't really afford to give up because then yeah we have one good player but we're back to square one where we don't have anything to develop i understand everybody wants that need tibbs has talked about bringing in a superstar but what i think right now needs to be done are those guys like a jj reddick guys that aren't going to significantly drain your assets for right you just got to find and that's what this front office has got to be doing from now until the deadline is trying to find a way to to take one of these guys that doesn't play a big role on a team uh and could play a role on your team where you don't have to give up and i think the name that's obviously out there 
right now as a J.J. Redick, but that's why these guys are being paid, these general managers. That, that's, that's their job. You have to look and try to improve this team somehow, some way. I'll be very disappointed by the deadline if the Knicks don't make any move to kind of improve the shooting on this team because I, I will feel then that it's like, okay, they're kind of staying put. And yeah, I mean, is it that they're looking to build for the future still? It could be things like that. But all I'm saying is that doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you can don't have to give up a lot of your assets to improve this team that actually has a chance to make a playoff push. You know, like, honestly, and I'm not even saying this is going to happen or anything like that, but if you look right now, they're not that far off from not even having to worry about playing in one of these playing games and get into the first round of the playoffs as like a seven seed, which if I'm not mistaken, is Brooklyn like second in the East still? Cause Philly's number I one, know. I think off the top of my head. So I, I, I think Philly's number one, which would really suck, but you know, it, it's, that's too far down the line right now to even really even think about that. Yeah, but it's way too early for that. Right. You know, but the East has not been as strong as we thought it'd be because exactly. Orlando's been decimated. Yes. Washington's, Washington's been terrible. Yeah. yeah. Miami's yeah. been awful. Yeah. You know, Toronto's struggling. Yeah. There's been uh, a lot of teams that have not been as good as we thought they'd be. So that's, that's the thing is like, you have a legitimate chance. I'm not saying blow your assets and necessarily do something stupid and drastic. But I think at this point with what you have, you, you can fill in some holes, small little holes right now to kind of complement what you have at this moment. And that's what I want to see the Knicks do is kind of make – I would be thrilled if they could pull off a trade for a J.J. Redick and give him an opportunity out there to get a few – you know, is he going to play a massive amount of minutes? Probably not. But if he's out there 20 minutes and he's hitting three, two to three three-pointers a game, he's done his job. You know, I think, I think um, you know, it was Macri yesterday he tweeted out something Mm -hmm. that just it makes total sense i mean he said even when the knicks make the league average three-pointers like how significantly that does for their offense it was just randall who was hitting all the damn threes yesterday yeah he hit hit three in a row yeah you know but that that's the point like if you can find some shooters to get the knicks around that eight to ten three-point mark they're not they're not one of the top three-point shooting teams in the league but that's still how you improve with the defense that you've been playing and you can add 10 to 11, three pointers a night, you're going to have a chance to win a few more basketball games. So it's one of those things that it's been nice to kind of sit back and look at this team and kind of go, okay, this is like, this is the problem. And this is something that can be fixed if the front office makes some moves here and gets on the phone and makes some calls. And I, I hope they're actively, and I believe they are, you don't have to make a big move to drastically change your team. You just need to fill some holes. That's all Look, I want to say. The most fru- and really the only frustrating thing for me is the fact that we're getting 28 minutes a night from Alfred Payton and 27 minutes a night from Reggie Bullock. Yeah. And as much as I like Austin Rivers, the 24 minutes a night from Austin Rivers is even starting to frustrate me a little bit too because I'd like to see more of other guys out there and – I, I think it's enough with Reggie Bullock. Yeah, there's, <laughs> we could see a little less Reggie Bullock and we could definitely see less uh, Alfred Payton. You know, the top, I like that the top three guys in total minutes played are Randall, RJ, and Mitch. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. But the fourth and fifth, 
should not be Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock. Right. And then sixth is Austin Rivers. That's not how it should be. Those, that's just not it. Yeah. And that's, if I could have one change, you know, that's what we'd like to see change. But historically speaking, uh, Thibodeau is not very flexible when it comes to his rotations. Yeah. You know, he made that kind of laughable comment about how Knox and Frank would be available situationally, which we know what that means. Unless someone gets hurt, those guys are fucked. They're right. at the end of the bench. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just obviously like every Knicks fan. I, I think it's uh, more Emmanuel quickly, Frank Nielakina and uh, Obi and less Reggie Bullock and Alfred Payton. Come on. Yeah. And I'm going to throw this name out here. I know he's been hot uh, as of late, 36 points, I believe, a couple of nights ago. But it's always a weird situation with him. He's kind of in and out of things. Malik Monk in Charlotte, which he's been tied love to the him. Knicks before. Fucking love him. Why not make phone calls to figure out what they want from him? Like they, you know, he's his his contract's up. He's playing for a contract right now. He's been playing well. That's I mean, that might help Charlotte's case a little bit if he's gonna be playing like that to kind of give him some value. They're showcasing him a little bit here. Um, that might take a little bit more. But again, why don't you pick up the phone and, and a guy like that? Do you think that's a realistic possibility or you think it, the asking price might be a little too much than what the Knicks need to do right now. I feel like DSJ for Malik Monk has been one of the most commonly random trades thrown around <laughs> for us. Yeah. Right. And I would not trade, say, Frank or Knox for him because he's so, as much as I like him, he's so wildly inconsistent. Like, and he's shooting, I think, I was actually tweeting about this today. He's 50% from three, I think in a very small, like nine yeah. or 10 game sample size. Uh, Cause I was tweeting about Devante and that came up and obviously if it's a DSJ for Malik Monk trade, then yeah. But I think DSJ going down to the G league may negate that possibility. Right. Um, but it's the Hornets. They do weird shit. So who, who knows? I mean, Look, honestly, I trade like Reggie Bullock for Malik Monk. I don't give, but the thing is, I don't think the Knicks would do that. No, I don't so. think they would either. You know, I, I think, you know, honestly, at this point, and I, I mean, I, I liked what Knox was doing early on, but is Knox available there? Why not? If you're not going to play him, right? If he's out he's of your not, rotation, he's not available there. It, I don't I think mean, Knox. That, but if you're not playing him, what are you doing with him? You know what I mean? Like if, and if you can – but that's that's the thing, as you said, is there's not enough sample size to see what Monk can do, which, again, it makes it really, really – kind. because I don't think Dennis Smith Jr., obviously, I think it's going to be Frank. It's going to be it's going to be Kevin Knox. Those kind of guys uh, are, are going to be kind of in there unless you give a couple second-round picks up. I, I don't know. But – I, I think, think the Hornets would prefer Knox. Right. And I think that I think they would. I just I again I don't know if that would be the smartest thing here, but again, pick up the phone, make some calls. And I, I think the front office is doing that. But if we're going to take that next step and really start pushing for the playoffs here, we got to fill this void. It's it's really what's kind of holding us back defensively. We're playing great. We're in these games. We just can't hit these shots down the stretch. 
That's that's what's been happening. We need guys who can score. Yes. And that brings us to the much more likely than Zach Levine candidate, and that's Victor Oladipo. Yes. Okay. On an expiring contract. What do you think of him? I vote first off, going back to his draft, always felt like he was going to be the best player in that draft. Always, I was always a fan of, uh, of Victor Oladipo. Uh, and, and honestly, I would, I, it's a, one of those things again where I think if you make a trade from him, it might be a little too high the package that they're going to want from him. I know he's expiring, he's already been traded once this year. Uh, I don't know what Houston would be looking for in that kind of deal. I just have a feeling it might be, again, a little too much that the Knicks are willing to part ways with, which would be smart. But if it was possible and we can get a deal done that, you know, we are going to have to give up some, I recognize that. And, and, you know, Victor is a guy that I do like, and I think he would be a great addition to the team. Um, I would not mind seeing Victor Oladipo as a New York Nick, you know, but I just don't know if, if that deal is likely. How do you feel about him? I think it's much more likely than Levine, like I said, but I I felt the same way as you. Uh, I, I thought the price was going to be too high, and they were talking about it on Nick's film school. Jeremy Cohen was talking about it, and I, I think it was Jeremy. It might have been Macri, but one of them was – saying that uh, because of Tillman Fertitta's cheapness, that uh, they thought that the price would be lower than you would think for a guy of Oladipo's caliber, especially because he's an expiring and he has the injury history too. And you know what? Maybe that's the case. And if that is the case, then I would go after him. But if it's not, if the price is as high as you would think, then yeah, you're not going to go on him. You know, he is 30 years old too. the injury history. So you don't Mm -hmm. want to give up real good assets for him. Um, And he's also going to be a free agent. If he really wants to come to New York, he's CAA. There's a connection there. You might be able to sign him as a free agent anyway. Yeah. And I don't think he's going back to Houston. I think he's going to, he's going, yeah, he's going to leave. If he was going to go back there, I think he would have re-signed right on an extension. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be multiple teams that are going to try and trade for him. I think Miami's obviously going to be in on him. That's going to be the trendy one, but because right. they got a lot of tradable contracts there. So the Knicks would have competition, but I definitely wouldn't completely rule it out if I was Leon Rose. I think you got to pursue that. But if it, it's just like Redick. It's just like any trade if you're in the position the Knicks are in. If the price gets too high – then you you can't do it. But right with Levine, I, I don't know if I'd even make the call because the price tag is just going to be so high, it's probably not worth it. But with Oladipo and Redick, you got to. You got to just gauge the interest because Houston's price tag might be lower than you think. And New Orleans, how much can they really afford to ask for Redick? So I think what, you got to try on Oladipo. What, what, what would be too high? For Oladipo, in, in your opinion, like you, you know, they're going to want to pick. They're going to want, I, first off, an expiring contract. They ain't getting the first round pick. Uh, at 30 year old guy with injury history, if you ask for a first round pick, I'm hanging up the phone immediately. But let's just say if a second round pick and a player, what, what, what would you say no to? Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, it depends on the player. I, God, I, 
if they asked for Frank, do you do it? I, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I have to. I know my answer. I I know your answer. <laughs> your answer is yes. Hell yes. A second round pick out Frank out the damn door. Yes, yes. I would do it. I would second round pick and Frank. I would do it. No doubt, because you're not keeping Frank anyway. It looks like. Yeah. You might as well do it. Now, if they say second round pick, Kevin Knox, Neil Aquina, I think you're getting a little too steep. Yeah, I'd probably. Oh fuck! I can't believe I I said that. But since they're they're not keeping him anyway, they're letting him exactly. go. They're letting him go, <laughs> and they're not, and they're not doing anything with him. They're just. God, I can't believe I'm trading Frank Neil Aquina to Houston of all places. But they, he would be going to a good a good coach. But uh, yeah, I think you add in both guys though. That, yeah. that puts it out. But yeah, I, I'm there with you. If they ask for those two guys and a second, no, not no, no way. But if they say give us a second round pick, Frank, I don't think that gets it done. I don't think so either. I agree. I, I don't think they sell that well. I agree. I'm just saying, if if that's where you start off with, or that's what they start off with, you should be, tell what you get the paperwork in to the league office and you make that damn trade. If you're Houston, who do you want from us? See, first off, I think everybody – again, I I think Houston will have the balls to ask for a first-round pick. Of course, that's the starting point because the Knicks have so many. They're going to try to take a first-round pick. I think, you know, Alex Burks might be a contract that expires. That's the thing. That's the thing. If you're Houston, you're competing for the playoffs Mm – wouldn't you rather have a good player than a guy who's out of the rotation like Frank right. Nilakina? Yeah. Because Houston doesn't look at Frank Nilakina the way I do. Yet. Right. They look at Frank Nilakina like a bum probably because he right. can't make the rotation. So I would think they'd rather have an Alec Burks or right. a Reggie Bullock. And and to me, you trade Alex Burks, which we we talked about he was probably going to be that that Morris this year, but we're in it, right? So if you trade Burks, are you really bettering yourself by getting rid of Burks and adding Oladipo in? Yes. I, I think yes, but you're still losing somebody else that you're kind of relying on the hit shots, right? You're losing another shot. Well, ideally, you're trading Bullock instead. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's the thing. Like, this is a perfect world. Like, yeah. you know, if they wanted somebody in the rotation, they go, yep, take Bullock. Yeah, out the door he can go. That's what I'm saying. I would love to have Oladipo and Burks. I'm just saying, but I, I don't. Nerlens Noel, yeah, Nerlens. Which I'll tell you what, I'm liking Noel lately. Beginning of the year, I was like, I don't know about him. I don't he know. Just can't catch the fucking ball. He's got no. Bismack Biombo yeah, hands. Can't. He can't. But I mean, the way he's protecting that rim, I mean, I I'm all for it right now. I'm actually really liking Noel the last couple of games. I kind of. I kind of get a bipolar feeling for some of these players. There's some stretches where I'm like, yeah, that's my guy. And then the next minute I hate them. I can't stand them. But right now he's on my good side. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I think first round picks going to be axed. I think Alex Burke. I mean, I, th- I don't think oddly enough, I don't think they ask for like every time we talk about a trade, Mitchell Robinson gets brought up. I don't think they do because they already have cousins there. They already have much. I mean, um, what's his face? Wood. Um, yeah, Wood's a four, though. Yeah. yeah. 
And then DeMarcus Cousins probably not going to be there again beyond this year. I think Robinson would be the guy they'd ask for because they know they're not getting him. Yeah, the more I think about it, yeah, you put Woods four and then Robinson five. Yeah, because you're not going to keep DeMarcus Cousins beyond this And Woods not a rim protector. Right. So, yeah, I take that back because – because I'm thinking, like, Cousins has been playing well. But, again, that's not the guy they're keeping beyond this year. I mean, it, it's just not. So, if you bring in a crowded kind of center forward position for the rest of the season, whatever. But for Oladipo, and I know Danny talks about it, that sometimes we kind of, like, prioritize players that we like. Well, we – as Knicks fans, we right. totally overvalue our own yeah, players. All, all NBA fans do with yeah. their own players, yeah. But I don't think it's one of those things. I just don't want to get rid of Mitchell Robinson for, for that in that kind of deal. I would hang up the phone as well. I mean, I I'm going to try to – I'm just trying to see if they will sell low and cheap, and if not, it might be a little too much for us to bite. But I would love to have Oladipo. Out of all, I think Levine would take ridiculously amount – that is just not worth getting into. No, uh, he's playing too well. Yeah, he's playing well. And he's, well. he's too young. And yeah. he's, yeah. I mean, that would be a perfect situation if they just say, like, a couple, uh, if we can steal him, like, but that, that, that doesn't happen, you know? So it, it, it's Oladipo, like you said, is, is out of Levine and those guys mentioned. I would take Oladipo. It's just, you got to, you got to get in those talks. But I, I think Houston is going to go, you got to give us this, that, this, and that be, that might just be too much. You know, first-round pick, Mitchell, uh, you know, Burks. Like, if it was a Burks and a second-round pick, I think, yeah, you're getting a better player. But I still think we're still I in that do same it. boat. You can do it, but you're still in that same boat. Like you Because Burks is leaving. Team. Yeah, because Burks is leaving anyway. Right. Right, and if you can keep Oladipo around to a again a friendly kind of contract and not overpay for him and extend him, yeah. Again, it depends. It. Can right. you work out something with Oladipo? Because if right. you're going to trade, if he's going to leave, then it's a total fucking fail, uh, total right. mistake and yeah. waste of time, and exactly. you lose a second round pick for nothing. Exactly. So I mean, it's it's a real tricky situation, but mm-hmm. the Oladipo one I think is more interesting. It's just because it's it's worth getting into. It's worth seeing and pushing to kind of see where you can go. And like you said, yeah, that deal can be done. But if it was something like second round, Frank, I make that trade. I make that move, and it's it, it it's absolutely something that that's got to it's got to happen. Um, but that's not enough. I, there's no way that's that's all. Houston, yeah, give us Frank in their second rounder, and you get Victor Oladipo. I. It, that would be a perfect world, perfect situation. We're not getting that. It's going to be a little bit more than that, which is why I think you kind of more realistically look for something like a J.J. Reddy and fill that, this void. you got to do something, right? If you stay put, I still think we can compete, but we give ourselves absolutely no chance to really advance. You know, if you can fill some of these holes here, not saying we advance, but I'm saying it's a little bit more possible. It's a, it's a, it's a better chance to do so depending on matchups and all that stuff, but who knows? Here's the so. thing. Adding any of those guys. I still don't think we win a playoff series. I agree. I, I just think we'll be competitive in those series. Well, Instead they're still, team, they're competitive every night. Right. Yeah. Right. So it, it's, I, I agree, but I do think that it will, instead of holding on, for a playoff spot, you know, and mm-hmm. fighting for that. I think if we make a move, 
like this, I think we'll absolutely be there. That that's oh, you mean of instead of like right instead of like maybe right. competing for yeah, a playoff that's, spot, that's, we'll I have should, guaranteed I that. Yeah, guaranteed I, I a playoff that. spot. Yeah, I, I should reword that better. Not so much contending to push through several rounds, but right. to where we're not going. Oh crap! Last week we're fighting for a playoff spot. Okay, yeah. If we get that and fill that hole, then I think yeah, I think we we will be a playoff team for sure. And, and but if you good. get Oladipo, then you're also taking the risk he could get hurt too. Exactly. Yeah, which is kind of our luck, right? We make yeah. a move like that, and he sprains his toe. You know, leaving his apartment, mm-hmm. and then that sprained toe turns into like something more severe. I don't know what parts of the bones are or the foot, but you know what I mean. Um, so something, something crazy like that, but you got to pursue it. You got it. You got to look at something and I think they yeah. will, but we, we got to get this problem addressed. Cause I don't think if you're sitting back waiting for these guys to show some consistency, you're going to be waiting forever. It's just not going to happen. And it's, it's, it's the glaring, you know, obviously there's more to it than make the Knicks, you know, take a big step like, there's still ways to go we can't stress that enough but for the sake of this season when they have something brewing a little bit you want to get the most out of it you got to be a little aggressive here and try to fill in some of these voids yeah they're 25th in offensive rating and 27th in effective field goal percentage yep and they're <laughs> they're also first in opponents effective field goal percentage and they're as of now they're sixth in defensive rating. So they've basically been a top five defensive rating team for a long time now. Right. So you got to consider making some improvements to your offensive game, some scores to at least make it uh, even important that you have a great defense. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. So with that being said, Chip, I'm, I'm going to say last call. Anybody else that you can think of top of your head, anything we talked about, what's another thing, or have we have we covered it all? I mean, I feel like we've covered every everything that I wanted to cover today. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk about Emmanuel. I wanted to talk about Emmanuel quickly, obviously, and we mm-hmm. touched on that. I, I think him. – I think- in the next week as well, especially with the starter debate, I, I, I think that might be a bigger conversation that we go into um, because I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that, you know, some today, but with what we kind of had kind of filled it, but I don't know if that's where you're going with it, like the starting debate or, or just his general play is what you're talking about. Uh, just his general play. Okay. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Julius Randall. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, you know, I think we need to have a, an entire podcast Oh yeah, about um, not just his play, but uh, on trading Julius Randall, if we should trade or not trade Julius Randall. That's and, a good, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a whole thing, but yeah, I like just, uh, I want to talk about quickly. So I'm glad we got that. And right. DSJ, that's a big one, but Oladipo, Levine, and Redick are the big stories. And if you want to, if you have anything on Lonzo Ball, I, I'm I'm a big Lonzo guy as much as too. he struggled. So I am too. I, I I just don't. I wouldn't trade for him. I would see if I can get him next year. I wouldn't either because his his uh, as much as I like him, his three point shot exactly ha- not is not right now reliable. Yeah. And I just I, I don't think it helps us there. It, 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 what makes sense next year if we get in that sweepstakes for him and, and bring him in 
And, and again, I am not like the anti-Alfred Payton. I do think that he has some value. Don't get me wrong. There are games I just want to, like, kick him in the shin. I get a crack out of everybody that talks about him really trying to pull off a step-back jump shot in a game like he's going to freaking make it. I th- Is it Percy Heinen that talks about that he really just do that? I see him on Twitter a couple of times. It, yeah. it, it tickles me a good bit um, because he, he really does that. Don't get me wrong. He's frustrating. But I, I do think that he has some kind of value. But if you go... Maybe he has some kind of value to another team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you can <laughs> if you can get somebody like Lonzo through a free agency, then you move on from Peyton. And, and that's, you know, you get, I, I think, a little, not a little bit, I think a better player uh, to, to play that kind of role that, that Peyton kind of brings, just not consistent enough. So I would I wouldn't trade for Lonzo, but I I do like Lonzo. I, I'm really um, I, I'm high on his little brother too, <laughs> you know, Lamelo. Uh, I'll tell so. you what, if we had a shooting guard or a small forward who could shoot, yeah, I I consider the Lonzo trade. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, so um, yeah, if we needed like a ball distributor. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I'd be screwed, but that that's not necessary because, you know, quickly wasn't a point guard, according to the scouts. Well, dropping seven assists seems to do the job for me. I don't know. Yeah, so I think he's the starter anyway. Yeah. And Lonzo, I'm not sure is a starter anyway. I think exactly. he's a great, he's a great backup. Yeah. Like a six man type to come in and kind of fill in that. That's kind of what I hope the Knicks pursue him next year and, and they can move on from Peyton. I, I think that would make the most sense. Um, if not though, I do think that, there is some that you can gain from Peyton. It's just, he's not consistent. That that's the thing. Uh, but with that being said, I consistently bad. He's consistently bad. And I, I if he does another step back, uh, I, don't, I don't think I could take it either. I, I'll be honest, man. I'll tell you, I criticize the crap out of him too, but I do. He, he's not the player that I, I absolutely hate the most. I'll just put it as that. But um, cause there are games, I, I compare him to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm telling you, there's games where like he is last Ryan night, Fitzpatrick. Yeah. He's the Ryan Fitzpatrick of, of the, of the, NBA. except he's unlikable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But there's that one game like last night, you're like, yeah, yeah. Peyton's giving it done. And then the next game it's, Oh God, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, he'll throw 300 yards and then five touchdowns. The next week he throws uh, for a hundred yards yeah, and six. He picks, has those you know? interceptions in the end zone that make exactly. him kill him. So it's, it's that kind of player, which is inconsistent, but sometimes, you know, can give you production. So um, I really like that Randall discussion. I think that that's a good one to kind of, mm-hmm. kind of jump into next week. I would love to. Get yeah. I want to do that with Danny. Yeah. So. I would like to get Danny back in yeah. there. Um, see if we can get some guests too. We haven't had guests in a while. It'd be fun to kind of get a big old thing going with that, but. Chris um, on that. Yeah, I, w- I would love to have like Chris or somebody on it um, to talk about that. That's a real interesting topic, which I've I've seen before, like recently. And I started at first, I was like, oh, no. But then I was like, eh. so there's pros and cons. I think it's an interesting topic of conversation. I don't know how quite like I feel right now, like right now, because I'm loving what Randall's doing. I'm saying no. But if it's something that could make things accelerate a little bit of this rebuilding process something to at least consider so i i do like that conversation i think we definitely jump into that on the next episode of the mixed state of mind podcast but that's all we have today thanks for listening